Right, here we go. Here we go again. It's a, a bumper bank holiday chat about all things Shrimpy here at Shrimpnet uh, as we enter the penultimate weekend of our inaugural League One season. And uh, remaining in it is tantalisingly within our grasp. Uh, joining Joel from the Trust and myself to discuss the uh, bank holiday games and the MK Dom's upcoming fixture, we have our own boardroom dwelling, positive thinking and fragrantly attired James Wakefield. James, welcome along. Hi, Freeze. And from the squad, making his debut online with us, the fans' favourite, the flying fullback. The fl well, I was going to call him the flying mumbler, but here he is, Ryan Cooney. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, um, where do we start? It's pretty easy, isn't it? Uh, we we did we did um, the podcast last week on the Wednesday before the Charlton game and before the Portsmouth game. We enjoyed a fantastic uh, sun-kissed bank holiday. And if you'd have said to us at the start, Joel, we'll take four points out of that with a snapped your hand off. Am I wrong? Yep, definitely. I would have been very happy with four points uh, beforehand. Obviously, after the Portsmouth game, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a minute, it feels almost a little bit gutting because of the, the chances we had. But yeah, going back to that Charlton game, lovely weekend down there. Well, lovely day for me, but uh, you know, long, after a long coach journey, you don't really want to be coming back uh, not taking any points. So to come and you know go away at a big ground and and do and get the win was really good. I thought Charlton. I think I heard a couple of people maybe allude that they might be on the beach, but I thought they played quite well. You know, Blackett Taylor down the the left was brilliant. Let's be honest, and uh, you know he didn't. That's have where a, Ryan. That's where well, Ryan. Yeah. That's where yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Where was uh, with those playoff performances? I remember keeping uh, Blackett Taylor in Ryan's back pocket. He's managed to wriggle out of there now. It looks like, but uh, yeah. And then uh, obviously down the other flank, I thought they did really well. Some of the Combination play down there, but you know we we defended really well, especially in the, those opening minutes when it was a bit of a kind of a, a bit of a bombardment. I thought, and then kind of worked our way into the game, and then just kind of created lots of chances, just kind of by pinching the ball in midfield, just working the ball quickly in through into the final third, kind of like very much as I see in a kind of typical Derek Adams style, really. Not necessarily. I think people that kind of associate it with kind of long balls and everything, but it's not necessarily just about that. It's about just basically moving it forwards quickly and trying to, you know, get through the defence and some really lovely goals, good finishes. Uh, I think with the pressure that Charlton had, and you know, that I, like, I keep going back to the, but that performance from Blackett Taylor, you know, he was always going to cause threats, and with somebody like Stockley in the box to aim to, it was always going to be tricky. But you know, Arthur's gone and got that second one, which is a <laughs> was a, a, a brilliant connection off his left foot. Not quite sure why their defender was opening up uh, the angle for Arthur's left foot. Mm. Maybe, I know maybe he just hadn't done his research properly, but yeah, Arthur took full advantage. 3-1, nervy last 10 minutes, but, you know, we held out and, you know, you look at Charlton, he spoke about them not probably doing as well as they wanted to do. The, the, the end of the match with Jaden Stockley, uh, Connor Washington, who's Chuck Sneaky. Yeah, yeah. Made yeah. yeah. international yeah. level Connor Washington. Yeah. Chuck Sneaky, you know, Chuck Sneaky, if, if he wasn't made of, you know, you know, polystyrene and marshmallows, he'd be a top end championship striker. <laughs> so, you know, they, they had some serious talent on the pitch and we did really well to hold out. And uh, yeah, I, I think I take your point. Watching the game, uh, watching the highlights again, the first 15 minutes was certainly pretty tricky, wasn't it, James? Yeah, I mean, they started well, but let's be honest, they're just. Uh, Mid-table underperforming side. 
Sorry, Ryan. I, I called them that last, last, that last week, so I had to call it out. Um, no, they were excellent. They started well. I, I agree. They weren't on the beach. Um, I thought that the fact that their fans got on their backs quite quickly um, probably didn't play in our favour because um, I think that they, they threw everything out trying to get back into the game. Um, I almost felt like you know going, going up um, a number of times maybe didn't help us because they really did throw the kitchen sink at us. But we were ruthless. Um, we were absolutely ruthless and we were really good at the back. I have to call out um, uh, Trevor Carson again for pulling off another fantastic save towards the end of the first half. Yeah, just um, pull that off. It could change the whole way that the game goes. Um, but everybody played really, really well. Um, and to go away to Southend um, on the first day of a bank holiday weekend and to get that result, it, 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 just, it just, again, it gives us that huge amount of confidence. So um, thoroughly enjoyable day, thoroughly enjoyable result. Um, probably, probably one of my favourite ever away days, if I'm honest. A lot of people have said that, actually, because obviously glorious sunshine uh, in South London, uh, a new ground for many people, uh, and obviously to get three points. Um, we'll come now to Ryan. Corey Blackett-Taylor, um, uh, you had fond memories of him from the playoffs in Tramway last year, Ryan, surely, because I think, I think, didn't he skin you in the first two minutes and got past you, and then you showed him on the inside after that, and he never got past you? First two, more like first ten. Like in that playoffs, he was—you could see how much he's improved from the playoffs. Like his technical brain, like his quicker thinking, and you see how much he's developed as over the year. How yeah. he's adapted his game, and like you can say he's playing with better players now, but it just shows how good he really was. Yeah, so it shows how well you did, really, isn't it? Yeah, it does. I was a bit. Bit nervous first time when he kept running down down the line using his pace. Didn't think he was that quick, but I got used to it and then I just started defended well against him. Yeah, you did. You played really well, and uh, obviously the Charlton. You know, being in the match day squad at Charlton, uh, it's it's a big ground, is the Valley, and they've got plenty of fans there. Does that does that intimidate you as a, as a, a squad or as a team as? You know, because everybody says we're just little old Mork and punching above our weight in this division. I don't, but everybody says it. No, I don't think it really does. As you can see, like, last year we went to Wembley. We stuck to our game plan there. We won 1-0. And then this year we've been to Spurs away. 70 minutes into the game, 1-0 up. And then I think just tied legs got the better of us that day. So I don't really think any size crowd intimidates us at all. And uh, you've got to be chuffed with that result on Friday, haven't you? Yeah, uh, it's good. We always had belief in ourselves going into the game. Like we knew we could create chances. We knew we could. If the defenders, we know we can do. We can keep it tight at the back. And when we got Trevor in that behind us, right? If they do break through now and again, you know he's going to pull off a wilder. Yeah, and, I, and as James has said, that one just before half time, that was uh, going in at going in at. Um, Old Square could have been completely different. I think for me, the difference, and this is for all three of you, the difference between Friday and Monday was Friday we took our chances. We created the chances. I mean, that first goal was a beautiful goal. One, two, Greg Lee down that, cuts it back. Cole just gets the contact exactly right. It was all about placement rather than power. But we took our chances. And we had probably better chances against Portsmouth, which we'll come to, but we didn't actually take them. So it's just nice when we create chances, Ryan, and we're, and we shouldn't we shouldn't just rely on Cole to finish him. And Arthur did it brilliantly, didn't he? Yeah, um, we know Arthur's ability. And to be honest, I think he was 
a bit lacking in confidence, but when he scored against Burton the other week, you could see all the confidence get back towards him now. And then you see him, Charlton scored two, Portsmouth, he was a threat going forward. So we know what Arthur can do, and we know all the attacking players we've got, they will take the chances if we can create it for them. And coming to the Portsmouth game, that was, that was a, a lively encounter, that one, Joel. Uh, a great bank holiday day, beautiful weather, decent crowd, good atmosphere. Uh, but perhaps, I'm not complaining, but perhaps a game we should have won. Yeah, it is a game we should have won. You can maybe argue that while we defended very well on Char- against Charlton, we were a tad fortunate that they maybe weren't too clinical. Mm. On the flip side, we were quite unfortunate on Monday uh, not to take all three points because, you know, their keeper had a great game. We didn't quite maybe put the ways to some of the chances as well. And on the flip side, I think the real difference from Monday, uh, from, from the Charlton game, was they didn't really have a sniff. Like, they're, that, that, I think that the goal might possibly have been their only shot inside the box. And it was quite unexpected. It was Sean Raggett, big, gnarly centre-back, on the turn on his wrong foot in the box. So, it, was <laughs> it was a good finish, yeah. So, uh, you know, we played really well. You know, we didn't really give them much of a sniff in the game. Trevor wasn't really troubled. I, I can't really remember him being troubled. On the flip side, uh, Bazzino, you know, he's made some fantastic saves. We probably could, maybe could have done a bit better with some of the chances. But that's how it goes sometimes. And I think ultimately you do have to take encouragement from the performance to say that, you know what, <clears throat> I think we didn't quite get the, we didn't quite put them away as, as well as we would have liked. But you know what, we're here, we're making chances. And we, if, you know, just keep doing that. If you keep making chances, then you're going you're gonna to start putting them away at some point. So, you know, I just hope that, I'm sure the team will, you know, take from that, you know, just keep it up because it was really good. So just keep you know, playing well, creating chances and, you know, the results are more likely to come if you do that. And James, uh, a conten- contentious equaliser. Um, Danny Cowley complained that it was definitely a foul on the keeper. Um, we could obviously, been in the home end, couldn't see a thing. Uh, saw it back on Quest, thought, yeah, he might have a point. Saw it on the goal cam, thought, no, it was never a foul. Um, so it, it sort of like swings in roundabouts. Quest came out as usual against Morecambe. I don't know what it is with Quest, but no matter what we do, it's always wrong. Uh, but from that point of view, uh, it was a, a very, very important point to get, James. Oh, it's absolutely huge. I, I actually think we deserve four points from the two games. We probably deserve the points from the, from the other way around. Yes. Um, but again, I, I think the response of the Portsmouth fans was most interesting to me. There were none of them um, bleating on about, about whether or not it was a foul on the keeper. All of them thought we deserved that, that point at the very least. Yeah. Uh, and it was probably just, just Mr Cowley who, who held such a strong opinion on it. And as you say, it's all about angles, isn't it? I thought it looked like a shove on the keeper. If that had been against Morecambe, I would have felt slightly aggrieved from, from my angle. But um, as you say, from the goal cam angle, it didn't look like it at all. So it doesn't matter. You know, over the course of the two games, we deserve four, four points. We probably just got them in, in the wrong order. Um, the, the really, really good news for me is that we've got two really tough games coming up against two form teams. But we are creating chances against everybody, absolutely everybody. And that's not necessarily true of some of the teams that we're, we're battling against. So if we can just keep doing that, then there's absolutely no reason why we can't get another result. And uh, Ryan, uh, Monday against Portsmouth, um, I think they were they were a little less agricultural than I was, I was expecting them to be. When you've got 
um, Sean Raggett and the lad on loan from Leicester up front. I mean, there was only one person who was less than uh, six foot tall. So we thought they'd be a little bit more direct than they were. They were quite physical, though, but I, I, thought, we, I thought we outplayed them. Yeah, but, um, I think, to be honest, I think we deserved all three points. Like, coming in after that game, you got it to get only four instead of six with how well we played. And, like, on another day, you could say the keeper don't make the double save where stockers, but that's probably been our luck all year with keepers having world. It's like Gillingham, we should have took three points there. But I thought we played, we passed the ball well and we ran harder than them. So to come away with one point is it's quite disappointing. You look at um, Arthur's effort in the first half, and obviously it's a very thin line there. As Joel's already said, uh, Sean Raggett turns, uh, swivels like um, Mirandinha and pops it into the top corner, hits the post, goes in. And of course, Arthur, full of confidence, uh, had a couple of really, really decent shots. And one hits the post and it looks like it's going to roll in and manages to roll right across the line and then go out again. And that was, that was basically the difference on the day. We created loads and loads of chances. But as you said, Bazunu, is, I believe he's on loan from Manchester City and he's... Uh, we seem to be fated against Manchester City lone goalkeepers because Trafford from Bolton's playing well in both games as well. I don't know, are Manchester City trying all the goalkeepers in the world on or what's going on? But, I mean, it, it was a great performance. And, and was that the general feeling in the dressing room that we, sh we should have had six out of, the, out of the two games? Yeah, but even with how well we played, we all still coming into the dressing room after the game. We was all gutted with how we only got one point. But... We'd rather take one point than none at the end of the day, which gives us moments, keeps our momentum going. So hopefully we go on to this Saturday full of confidence still. Yeah, and it's uh, and James has alluded to that fact there, that obviously the, the two teams have got... <laughs> I want to touch on this now, because the battle at the bottom, apart from us starting to pick, obviously picking 10 points out of 15, everybody else seems determined to just go down with what they've got. And looking at the top of the table, particularly the last couple of results, it seems it's exactly the same situation. Wigan, Rotherham and MK Dons are all determined not to get promoted off. I think we'd rather be in the playoffs. Wigan with an 86-minute equaliser, Rotherham losing again, MK Dons, Oxford keeping their slim chances alive by beating them. But all of a sudden, and the rot set in with Rotherham when we played them and they scabbed it 2-0. But looking at the teams that were playing, we've got Sunderland, they still need the points, but more importantly, MK Dons, we've gone above them in the form table. They've gone 2-1-2 two, two for the last five games, and we're 3-1-1. One, 1-3, one. One, drawn one, lost one. So we've actually gone above them in the form table. Now, that means nothing, I know, but Moisa being injured and not having uh, Waters on loan from Cardiff anymore means they're probably... Only Scott Twine, really, is, is um, a recognised goal scorer, Joel. Yeah, <coughs> pardon me, sorry. They've got Troy Parrott as well on loan Spurs is a good player. But, and, you know, Scott Twine does, has plenty enough ability for one team. It's not really fair. But, uh, you know, like, like you're saying, they've, you know, I, I was looking at the form table as well, and, yeah, we have, we have gone above them. And I think that's not just, like, that five-game form table as well, actually. They're, they're, they're winless in three. They've lost two on the bounce. Yeah. And just as it's looking like Rotherham were kind of opening up a bit of an avenue for them to kind of exploit, because Rotherham, I think Rotherham are bottom of the form table at the minute. And uh, just as it looked like there was a gap opening up, suddenly they seem to have stalled a bit. So, I mean, you can try and predict what their reaction on Saturday is going to be. 
are they going to keep stalling? Are they just going to seize up and, and, and bottle it, essentially? Or are they going to have this big kind of reaction and come out, come out fighting and make sure they don't miss the opportunity? You know, you, you just, you can, you know, you can play it in so many different perspectives and angles in your head, but you can just, ne- you can just never predict it, really. And uh, James, Derek's, um, I've listened to a little bit of Derek's pre-match preamble and he, he said there's no point, the gist of it is there's no point of us going there and sitting there because they're a dangerous side. We have to go and try and, and, uh, and compete. Uh, and that's fairly obvious because we need the points, they need the points. So uh, for all then or something. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think, I think anybody who's played football um, knows that if you play for a jury, you probably get beaten. Um, and he, Derek doesn't play for Joel. He didn't do, didn't do it last season. We drew, we drew relatively few games last season. We won lots and we, we lost a few. And, you know, in this situ- the situation we're in now, one win and we're in a completely different situation. So we've, we've got, to just, got to try and get it. Um, and, you know, we are attacking more effectively still when we're defending. Um, that's not to say we haven't defended a lot better in the last few months. So, yeah, I think it's got to be go for a result. Um, and do exactly what we did against Charlton and, and Portsmouth. And I think uh, the, the one thing that's become apparent this week, um, the likely starting lineup, because obviously we don't know. There's there's um, there's obviously doubts about Aaron, um, but everybody else seems fit. But the likely starting lineup will be virtually six six members of staff different from when we got beat four 0 at home against MK Dons in the reverse fixture. So, you know, you, you, see, you can see that, that, you know, Derek coming back in has, has obviously changed things. He's put personnel in there doing the jobs that he wants them to do. And am I right in saying, Ryan, that he's, he's actually probably simplified the game for us? Yeah, um, I think most, play, like most wingers now, um, they know what they want to get out of him, like crossing into the box, running forward. And he knows what... As midfielders, you know you know what you want to do, like you know what Derek wants you to do. Whereas sometimes early on in the season, might Robbo might have complicated a bit too much, where we just needed to simplify our game majority of the time. And now under Derek, um, you can see how much we've changed to simplify. It, it, it's strange, really, because we don't appear to be we don't we actually appear to be less direct. I mean, I don't know what you think, Joel. We we appear to be a little bit more contemplative, but um, Cole's still very, very important, obviously. But you, you look at the people he's brought back in, and, and he, he's brought Aaron Wildig back in, Adam Phillips, and he's he's obviously he's definitely simplified it for Arthur because Arthur just looks like a completely different player. He looks like the player that we thought we might have, uh, and it's a bit of a renaissance from that point of view. But we we do seem to be not quite as direct, Joel. Yeah, uh, I think it, it's funny. I think there's kind of different philosophies and kind of ways of thinking that have gotten both Robbo and Derek to the point, that the style of football that they were playing. But at the end of the day, I think that, that there are similarities. You know, I think in Robbo, he, he, he wanted to kind of build up from the back a lot more. Quite often we would hit Cole or Jonah and actually I think Arthur was actually playing really well under Robbo in those last couple in those kind of couple of months after January I thought I thought Arthur was in really good form but uh yeah but then and he's quite good in the air as well so we've got we had three strikers we could hit it long to I mean and we did it all the time to us I think we had the third most long balls in the division under Robbo so, I knew you'd know. I knew you'd know. <laughs> I can't remember I saw that on a, on a stat site so yeah like 
there, there was there, there's a bit of a myth that still kind of pervades about that he was trying to get this play tippy tappy ticky tack or whatever you want to call it football just out from the bat. But that actually wasn't really the case. Um, and obviously with Derek, I think because of the low having less possession and often you know defending quite gnarly and everything, like I think people have a perception that Derek's just lumping it forward to Cole and then he holds it up and we play from there. And well, yeah, Cole is a big part of the part of the game plan obviously in holding the ball up like it's not just about long balls it's just about I think I, I, the impression I've gotten speaking to Derek is that it's just about getting it full quickly and with kind of uh, purpose and and yeah. then obviously within that giving people creative freedom but yeah I think yeah, the end product is there's a bit of passing about on the floor and there's a bit of long ball football and there's a bit of variance I think that actually ends up being the product of both their stars of football but obviously the way Derek is able to break it down seems to get a lot out of people like Wilding and Phillips. It, it works really well. So presumably, Ryan, you, yeah, I, you, I'm right in thinking you're travelling down tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah, travelling down tomorrow. So uh, there's presumably no specific instructions. Just go out there, do what you do, get get the defence right, you know, um, you know, keep your shape and then try and hit them on the break. I mean, I'm second guessing, but that's usually the plan, isn't it? Uh, like Joe said, it's just as long as we get it forward as with a purpose, then nothing can really affect how the way we play. That's play, play quick, play pass on the floor. If we need to turn them, turn them. But other than that, just do what we've been doing. And looking at the difference, um, obviously Dylan Connolly was a Robbo signing, but Derek's used his pace to good effect since he's, he's come in. And he gives us a little bit of something different, doesn't he? Yeah, um, I think like last year we had two wingers who would run in behind or Carlos would come to feet now and again. Um, so I think with Dylan's pace, it does give him someone to play in behind to if we are struggling, where Arthur can more come to feet link up with Cole where Dylan can just run. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I, think, I think both of them um, do a very similar role to John O'Sullivan last season and Carlos because they're both, they're both very, very good defensively and that was the, the, the sort of like side of the game that Derek's adopted now with like, yeah, you've got to do your work but when you go forward you can express yourself. Yeah, we want, Derek wants... Hard working plays off the ball, and when you're on the ball in the final third, if you can express yourself, it lets you express yourself. But he also wants people who are willing to run back, defend, put tackles, and make blocks. And other than that, I think both wingers at the moment have been doing that superb. Really. So look, looking at yourself, and uh, going on, going on to obviously we'll 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 chat a little bit about the sort of two games coming up. But looking at yourself, you came to us on loan last season. Uh, and did you ever? Did you ever? I mean, obviously, very famously, Tombs Tombs went in the dressing room and said, "I I I I think we're going to do something this season." Everybody laughed at him because he's told us that. But did you think when you came to us last season, oh yeah, we'll we'll end up we'll end up at Wembley and it's it's all going to be brilliant? No, I thought we'd be higher. <laughs> um, to be fair, look at that. Coming into training, looking at the pre-season running we did and how fit we all was, and then when we got onto the pitch, how good the players were, we had to. We all had high expectations of ourselves, and you can see, like, by the end of the season, 
all we wanted to do was get promoted no matter what. Like, because we all knew the levels we set ourselves were so high and everything was competitive no matter what we done was competitive. So I feel like the way our competitive mindset off the pitch was brought onto the pitch. So I feel like we all wanted to win no matter what. So when when the gaffer walked away and went, and went to Bradford, uh, and obviously we offered you a, a contract, was it an easy decision to make? Or would you, did you just think, oh, well, I might as well go for it because I've, I've had 18 months there and I loved it or whatever? Um, it was quite easy, to be fair, because over the past two, two loan spells, I've had a really enjoyed my time here. Like, and I feel like the fans have welcomed me in quite well, so as well as the staff and the players. So, same some, some person I was still there from the year before, so it wasn't like I was going into new beginnings again. No. I was like basically coming back to, well, I was coming back to somewhere I would have known. <coughs> so, when, when, I mean, obviously, I think, am I right in saying Burnley offered you another contract? Yeah, they did. So, that, 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 from that point of view, that is quite a hard decision, really, isn't it? Um, it was quite tough to say, like, People won't really probably understand outside the football world where I say if Bernie offered you a contract, why are you choosing Morecambe? But to be honest, I wanted to play first team football in League One with Morecambe, and I feel like that would have been beneficial for my game at the age I am instead of playing week in, week out on the 23s level. And I wanted to test myself against players who have been in around the game or, well, better, better quality players as well. Corey Blackett Taylor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, when you signed, and uh, and obviously um, Robbo did a uh, an emergency, um, what you what you would call a sticking plaster job because he had to get players in pretty quickly. When he assembled the squad and we started off the season quite well, were you thinking, oh yeah, we're going to do all right here, or were you always of the mind that, oh, I don't, I don't know if we're going to, you know? And I know it's a horrible thing to say because you're a professional, you don't want to put other professionals diss them, but. Um, we went through a, a you know a pretty tragic spell in sort of like November and December, and then again just sort of like six seven weeks ago when the gaffer came in. So it, it's been a difficult season, but in the end of it, if we survive, it's been successful. Yeah, um, the main aim was probably to survive in the league, but as players, we wanted to do better. And at the start of the year, when we played the Ipswich and you know, the Shrewsbury, the foot and. Uh, all them games, we thought we've got a good team. We can, we expect to, we could be mid-table, getting a bit ambitious, just sneak out of the playoffs. But yeah, um, I feel like most games we have played well, and we have been unlucky in some games. But if we stay up now, it'll be um, a great achievement for the club. And looking at um, your personal, personally this season. You've been a bit, a bit sort of like in and out, a bit unlucky with injuries, and a bit, you know, you've had competition for places. You've had Ryan McLaughlin, uh, he's played Shane McLaughlin there, he's played you there. You've been right wing back, you've been right back. Uh, now he's playing, he's playing Greg at the right back, and nobody knew Greg could kick with his right foot till two weeks ago, and then all of a sudden he's kicking with his right foot. And it's like, hey, when does he do that? But I mean, so it, from your point of view, you know. You've you've been you've been in, and you've done pretty well. But then you've not really nailed down. Is that frustrating? Um, it is quite frustrating. But when you look at the players who you just named there, Ryan McGoughlin, 
international player. Greg Lee, Jamaican national player. Mm-hmm. Shane's plays he plays midfield, but most of last year he's played right wing back, like, and he's a very good player. Like, your competition is always going to be there, and like when you've got them players waiting to either get in the team or able to play there, most of the time just you just have to accept it and try and work, work harder to try and get yourself back in the team. And you've done that on numerous occasions and you've come in and done, and lately you've been coming on a sub. Does that frustrate you or do you just think, right, I'm going to come on and I'm going to smash on him from 35 yards? It does. It is quite frustrating sometimes, but it's to help the team really. So I, when I come on, I do my job, try and play the best I can. And if at the end of the day, if we win 3-2 and I've done nothing, we still won 3-2 because... And I feel like I've been part of the job. Like, even when, was it Salford last year? Last 2-1, came on as a sub and we won 2-1. You kept the same team. That was, but I still played a part in that. So I feel like it's still, you can still enjoy the time as well. And I just, just I was flicking through and because uh, I, I, it's the first time you're on, Talk us through your goal against Man United in the uh, in that cup last year. Which one? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was like, wow, Ryan Cooney can shoot. <laughs> I could play left back as well. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, Greg Lee. Watch out, Gibbo. Watch <laughs> out. <laughs> um, Joel, have you got anything you want to ask Ray? And I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like going back to that kind of topic of wanting to kind of uh, stay playing men's professional football rather than just kind of being in the under-23s. Obviously, at the start of your career, you've, had, you've got quite a decent little number of appearances for, for Berry, both in League One and League Two at quite a young age. So do you think having that experience was what kind of gave you that drive to want to be able to come back and play League One League One or League Two football rather than just being in the 23s? Yeah, um, I feel like, obviously, I've not grew up through a Premier League club. I've been around League One, League Two well, all my career, really. So I feel like I know what it's about and I know how to deal with certain situations. Whereas under 23s, you might not get certain situations at that time. So with men's football, I know... <laughs> the um, atmosphere, the environment, I know, I know what it's like. So it's never faced me one bit to come back to like first-team football. And kind of with that initial move from Berry, actually, was that a bit of a difficult time for yourself? Because obviously at the time, Berry are going, well, you, you won promotion from League Two in that final season. It was, you know, a bit hectic financially and, and with, all, with all that going on. So was that a bit of a difficult time for yourself? Um, it yeah, it was a bit, it was a difficult time because I've been there since a very young age, like growing up through all the academy age groups, and then it's basically become one of my num- like a fan a fan at the end of the day. So my family came, my family was being fans. It was like family club. Everything about it was welcoming, and then for it to all and so suddenly, like like it did, it was it's a bit gutting, but then. I would never have got the opportunities that I've had to play, play at stadiums like Spurs, Stamford Bridge, Wembley. So everything happens for a reason, really. 
Going to moving on to this season now. Uh, yellow cards. You got four in your first five league games, and then since then you've had one in the league, and that was in September, and you've not had a yellow card since then, <laughs> which is quite impressive, really. Have you grown up? <laughs> that point tackles him. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, there's been one since then, but that was against Spurs in the FA Cup. So I think you know what when you played against Moore and all that, I think you can allow yourself a little little kick here and there, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, know what happened during that stage where they got their other yellow cards. I think everyone just kept falling over for nothing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. One can't be out, can it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how can I put this? How, how, how can I, I put this as nicely as possible? But uh, I, I think most supporters have taken, to, well, all supporters have taken to you because you do wear your heart on your sleeve, Brian. And uh, we're, we're never in a doubt what you're thinking during a game. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Most of the cards, and I've had two of them which weren't even free kicks. I've been arguing with a referee. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> a bit of fire. Well, so that's what we're like. See, I, I, I'm tempted to cheer those yellow cards. I remember at the start of the season, I think I was cheering them, actually, the yellow cards. But uh, actually, another particular talent, uh, which a lot of fullbacks actually do seem to have, uh, when the ball goes towards the corner flag and you've got a winger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because well, you know what I'm going to say. It, you know, when the wiggers closing down, the uh, and you just feel that little bit of contact. No, I'm, I'll just stop. <laughs> Fall over. Yeah. But you're going nowhere, and if they run into you, you get a free kick. If you, if they don't give a free kick, it goes out for he falls on top of you, it goes out for a goal kick. So it's a win-win. <laughs> it's just their own naive fault for bumping into you, basically. <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't get many happy comments that it switched away. I can tell you that though. <laughs> I, I remember looking on Twitter. I, I just remember actually looking on Twitter afterwards, and uh, yeah, there was some uh, there was some interesting words uh, thrown about in your direction. Uh, but looking just back onto last season again, finally, <coughs> we've talked about having that spirit in the dressing room and kind of wanting to go up and and everything. But what was there? I, I've kind of I've asked this to Wilding the other and um, Gibson last week. What was there a point? in the season when you really did think, you know what, this is definitely happening. I think this really might happen. I think when around January time, personally, because we had a couple, we have a couple of good wins under our belt. And I think I was looking at, looking at the table and I think we've got a real chance here if we keep going the way we are. Like, you can't be going into every game. We don't feel like we're going to get beat. And then the momentum just took us over the line. And then, so it only miss out by a point, or was it goal difference? No, it was a point. Point. Miss out by a point. It's quite gutting, but that gives us more drive to go and get promoted through the playoffs. That's, it's, it's interesting you say that because I, I think I'm, I'm I'm thinking back now, and I think that's the third person to say I, I really started thinking about it in January. Yeah, me being me, me, but it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, being me, I'm straight away thinking we need to get Adam Phillips on because he went in January. What what, what, <laughs> what happened there? I feel like it was also the you seen the Twitter, Twitter and all. Everyone saying Morgan could be um, struggling now with Phillo left. I think I think he is a massive part of the team. Like he was a massive part of the squad first half of the season, but I think it gave more more hunger to people. Who like, let's say, Tumani was not playing regularly because Philo was playing. But I think if 
at the age of 34, Toombs is a winner. It give him hung, hunger to try and show what he can still do. He certainly stepped up, didn't he? Yeah. He's a um, very experienced player. He knows how to win. I can just say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, back to you, Freeze. Cheers. So looking at it, and uh, and again, my my final comment. Um, and I said this to Gibbo last week, and I said it to Aaron when I spoke to him. Uh, when you, when uh, when Derek came back as boss, uh, I know that we know now there was a bit of chat in the in the dressing rooms about all oh, bangos your Tuesdays, but uh, bangos your Sundays, you know, because when we play on a Tuesday, you're in. Uh, but it, that that fitness level, you know, it, that didn't bother you at all, did it? Because you, like you said, you, you came back start of last season, and you were, and uh, he worked you really hard, and you, and that's what's that's what we scored that many late goals, like you said, the Salford, where we got two in the ninety second and the ninety fourth, and then they had one disallowed in the ninety sixth. Oh dear, you know. So Derek coming back mustn't have bothered you. No, because I don't think it bothered most of the players who were because we all know what to expect. Whereas people are coming in with the unexpected and just hearing what other people like other people else inside the football team. But everyone who knew from last year, we knew what to expect. We knew what he wants from us. And we know that he wants, if you run and never never say die, you, he'll have no complaints for you. And that's, that's something that um, it's shown itself since the international break, hasn't it? We've had that. We've had that. You know, yes, we've been on we've been unlucky in a couple of games just before that. But I mean, I'm thinking particularly just before we'd, we'd appointed Derek and the Rotherham game. We were fantastic away from home and absolutely battered them. But the big difference is lately we've been taking our chances against creating them and not taking them. Yeah, but I feel like this year we've had some games where we've just not took our chances, but and we've been beat by like the odd goal, like. But now recently, I feel like the looks kind of swung a bit where the chances we are getting, we are taking them. And then the shots that we would have conceded earlier on this season, they would have, they would have gone in. Yeah. But so I do feel like luck has finally come to our side. Or, or we signed some decent players in the transfer window in January and they've made us slightly better. Or a little bit of both. Don't let me say that. <laughs> well, I'm thinking particularly, you know, uh, Jacob Beddo, Reese Bennett, um, Dylan Connolly, obviously, um, Usman Farn, Farne, it's Farne. I don't care. I know he says it's Fane. It's not, it's Farne. Uh, and, and obviously, most importantly, Trevor Carson, because they've been, they've been all, in the end, now we're sat here and they've all been integral signings, haven't they? Um. You can see how much of a difference, to be fair, has, like, has made to the side. Like, we, f- we look more solid yeah. at, as a back unit. And with Dylan's pace, we know we will create chances going forward. So it, it is, um, there are some very good signings for us. Yeah, and that's been proved in the fact that, you know, Derek's sort of like just been experimenting when he first came in and he's he's found something that now kind of, well, hopefully works, James. Oh, you've got... There we go. Um, yeah, I think, I think no doubt. And, and again, this idea that a manager bounce occurs in the first game, it always makes me, makes me laugh a bit. That's luck if that happens, or it's just sheer psychology. 
And you know, if you change the ethos and the way the team plays, you're more likely to get the results once that bed's in. Um, and so that's, I think that's exactly what happened. We had a couple of games, one of which um, we, we lost comfortably but played all right in, the other one we didn't have a good night. Um, and then there was a two-week break. And it does seem to have gelled. Um, and I do think some messages were delivered that have been received really, really well by the right people in the right way. Um, and so, yeah, it, it certainly clicked. But, you know, despite me being the one that was probably making lots of positive noises and trying to encourage optimism a few weeks ago, job's not done yet, honestly. Oh, no. We've got two massive, massive weekends to come. Um, and, and there's, you know, it's wonderful. It's in our hands. But, oh, yeah, these next two weekends are going to be nervy. If, if my heart does what it does against Charlton, then I'll be in a worse state than Ryan after those two games. <laughs> yeah, it, it's inevitably, us being Morecambe FC, it, we're going to have moments of squeaky bum time, aren't we? Because that's what happens, Joel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll happen, won't it? We, uh, you know, Ryan and the boys uh, decided to, after the two-week international break, come back and give us hope, uh, which is very cruel of them. But you know what? I'm happy for it. But yeah, there'll be probably a few more nervous moments because I can't see us going to MK Dons and trouncing them 4-0. I mean, it'd be lovely if we did, but it's not very likely to happen. So there will be a few nervy moments. Uh, a few bit of a, I don't know what the players will be doing, but I know obviously in the stands we'll probably all be keeping an eye on scores elsewhere. But just got to hope we, we do the job because, you know, I think one more win probably would, not mathematically, but probably would do it. So, you know, just got to go and... Go out there and I'm, try and get those three points. On that, on Saturday, I'm, in fact, on both of the next two Saturdays, I'm sitting nowhere near Charlie. I cannot, he literally spends more time looking at his phone than he does watching the game in front of him. And he literally tapping me and nudging on the shoulder saying, there's a big moment, there's a big moment. Honestly, so I, it was, I think it was the, um, one of the Bolton games towards the end of last season. I actually went and stood in an empty stand at the far end of the ground by myself because I couldn't abide the phone thing. So, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I hate that. I just like watching the game. Yeah, I must admit, I was uh, when we were playing Portsmouth on Monday, I actually made a point of putting my phone in my pocket and not looking. And then people were asking, oh, how's, uh, how's Fleetwood getting on? And I went, I don't know and I don't care. And then somebody else would go, oh, I've just looked. They're winning. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. We've got to get something from this game. I don't care what other people are doing. So, I mean, and looking at the MK Dons on Saturday, just, I am, as you know, I am the worst tipster in the world. If I back a horse in the National, it ends up as dog food or in the glue factory, because I am just terrible. Whatever I pick, it's the kiss of death, so I don't do it. But the one thing I will say is, Dylan Connolly's been booked for diving, Aaron Phillips is, Adam Phillips has been booked for diving, and both of them were fouls. And... And Dylan has been twice fouled otherwise, once at Bolton, one at home to Cheltenham. Again, that were fouls. Sooner or later, we're going to get one of them. So, who's taking the pens, Ryan? Pens who's on the pitch. Probably, uh, if Phil was there, he'll probably take it. But if he's not, it'd probably be either Dylan or Stockers. All right. Because Dylan obviously, Dylan, Dylan scored at Wigan, didn't he? Yeah. Dylan's. Well, we've done a penalty shot today, and there were some good penalty takers. All right. Yeah. The only thing about Cole, Cole's got, you know, you know, everybody knows, Cole's got one of the hardest shots in this division. And he taps his penalties, and I'm like, what are you doing? Break the net! <laughs> Who did it? Was it last year where he just peed on them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Bolton. Bolton this year, when we, yeah. when we threw one all. 
and he side-footed it and their keeper apologetically fell on it. And I, I don't mind, you know, if Cole's listening, hammer it, Cole, for God's sake. But anyway, <laughs> so um, looking, at, looking at that, James, um, obviously, since we last spoke, the season ticket initiative's come out and it's, there's been a good take-up already, hasn't there? Yeah, very decent so far. Um, it, you know, it, it's it's early days. We're releasing them far earlier than we normally do. They're normally not on sale for another uh, month, six weeks. Um, so we're really early. Um, it'll be um, it'll be payday in a few days, which always um, helps slightly because it's a lot of money to pay out, even though it's, it's good value. Um, but yeah, it's just about building it slowly and steadily over the course of the next um, couple of months and getting um, to the highest total we can possibly manage, um, which is which is great. Um, I think you know the new online shop good um, the new range of stuff that we've got in there is looking good um all the stuff actually behind the scenes is 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 really ticking along very nicely indeed at the moment um so, so no complaints um but yeah as we talked about last week um it's about maximizing the number of people in the ground um and, and appealing to as many people in the wider area as we possibly can well we had an excellent crowd against portsmouth on bank holiday monday that was uh, the home fans bit was sold out and it was only the fact that obviously you know portsmouth probably have uh, an opportunity to bring 15, 1600, and I say only, but did bring 800, the fact that we were less than the Bolton crowd. But looking at the Sunderland game, last game, uh, are, are we anywhere near sellout there? Yeah, we're, we're, well, I think I, mean, I didn't actually check it um, just before we came on air, but we only had um, um, uh, Berlin Wall tickets left um, for, for standing, and there won't, be, there won't be any seats left on Saturday at all. Um, so it'll 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 be absolutely rammed, um, which is which is fantastic. Again, um, it's probably going to be our biggest biggest gate of the season. Um, not 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 notwithstanding um, what happens this weekend, um, it's the last game of the season. It's against Sunderland. They'll bring a ton. It, it matters to it's going to matter to both teams. Even if we get it done this Saturday, it's going to matter to us to put in a big performance in that last game and to to finish the season on a high. So um, yeah, and there's a bit of. Bit of history there. I mean, you know, they gave us a hiding um, at theirs, and um, and it, it would be very nice to, to rebalance that in the, in the home game. Uh, and obviously, Ryan, two games left. Are you a predictor, or are you just going to say we're going to go out there and uh, we're, we're going to? I mean, I know what Derek will say. Derek will say, "I want to smash MK Dons and I want to smash Sunderland." What about the squad? Uh, we just go into every game as like one game at a time. She. Win on Saturday. If we win on Saturday, you never know what can happen. We could be safe or we could go down to the last day of the season. So we'll just take MK Dons this Saturday and then we'll f- forget about that and then we'll focus on Sunderland. Well, have a safe journey down tomorrow. Um, I hope you get on and do smash it in from 35 yards or if you start, you know, at left back for Greg Lee. Yeah, obviously, because you can play left footed. Uh, yeah, smash one in from 35 yards. And look for me in the crowd, uh, and I'll uh, I'll blow kisses. <laughs> <laughs> so that that just about wraps it up. Thank you for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed that. Thank you, as always, to Joel, to James from the board, and from Ryan Cooney. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about that fantastic thirty-five yarder that Ryan didn't know he had he added in with him with his with his left foot of all the things. Wow! Uh, and then obviously, you know, um, it's going to be. Uh, at home to Sunderland, and it's going to be like Coventry at the Rico Arena. Just mm. pass the ball to each other. Nobody's worried. It's everything's fine. Uh, I know that's not going to be true. I know it's going to go to the last day, but there you go. This has been Shrimp Net. Thanks for listening. Uh, and up the shrimps. See you at MK Dons. <laughs>